You're listening to the Tells of Leadership podcast. This podcast is for leaders at any phase on their leadership journey to become a more purposeful and accountable leader, what I like to call a pal. Join me on our journey together towards transformational leadership. Welcome back to Tells of Leadership. I am your host, Josh McMillian, founder of McMillian Leadership Coaching, an active duty Army officer with over 15 years of leadership experience and on a mission to create more purposeful, accountable leaders. And my vision is to end toxic transitional leadership practices and promote transformational stories and skills. Today's episode, I am going to be sharing with you eight ways leaders can win at self-leadership. Before we begin, it's important to remember, I've already covered the six phases of leadership, and I've already to this point defined seven ways that you can lose at the first phase of that self-leadership. Today, we are going to be discussing eight ways that you can win at self-leadership. Let's go ahead and begin. What are the eight ways that you can win at self-leadership? Before I go over the first one, it's important to remember self-leadership is a universal fact. It is something that you must master throughout your leadership journey. Either you learn to master yourself or the world will learn to master you. And there's a quote that I love by Aristotle that really beautifully captures this. Knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom, Aristotle. The first way to win at self-leadership is discovering your strengths. We all have unique strengths, but we never take the time to discover what those are. For example, my top strengths are empathy-focused, competition, disciplined, and I'm a connector. But it's taken 35 years for me to discover my strengths. Knowing your strengths allows you to better interact and eventually lead others better. Still, it will help you catapult your leadership potential when you're just starting out. People often focus on their weaknesses when they're just starting out and try to fill that gap. But remember, you do not need to focus on your weaknesses until you're operating at a very high level. So how can you start finding your strengths? First is just spend time reflecting on the question, What are my strengths? Think about the organizations you've worked for, the leaders you've worked for, the environments you've operated in. What has made you successful? What is the traceability? And a great way to take that to the next level is to hire a coach to help guide you on that journey. Second, take psychosymmetric assessments and see which strengths match up with your personality types. I personally love the Clifton Strength Assessment. It has 34 different possible strength categories broken into four large bins. And then finally, elicit feedback from others that you work with, especially people that maybe necessarily don't like you. How do they view your strengths? That is a very powerful way to do it. When you're going through this, remember the labels that are given to you through these assessments, through other people, do not define who you are. It's just a season in your leadership journey. It's just a tool to become better. Don't let that label define who you are as a leader. The second way to win at self-leadership is discover your passion. So what is your Christmas morning? And I define Christmas morning as each day you wake up, you feel refreshed, excited, and you are ready to make a difference in this world and you are loving what you do. Christmas morning for me is your passion. What is your passion? Learn to do something that you love so well that others will pay you for it. There's no magic formula 
and discovering your passion. When that day comes, you'll know what it is because it's like almost divine intervention in a way. The first way to discover your passion that I have found is to be vulnerable and fast forward to the end of your life. What do you want people to say about you when you die? What do you want to be remembered for? If you can answer those questions, you can start bounding down what your passion is. A lot of people chase money, chase toys, but that is a hedonic trap and will lead you away from your true self. Another way to get vulnerable is by asking those who know you the closest in your life for feedback. What do they believe your passion is? And providing that constructive candor. And it's important to find people that are honest with you because that is the fastest way to discover your passion. You don't want someone that's going to tell you something that you want to hear. A second way to discover your passion is spending time reflecting and writing your thoughts down. Now, if you're noticing a theme in my leadership journey, it's reflection. It's spending time to think. I spend a lot of time thinking and reflecting on what has made me successful in my past, my present, and where do I want to go in my future? And the final way is to discover your why. The passion is a feeling, but your why is the motivation to take action. And looking a little bit deeper, your why is your purpose. And I'll connect mine for you to give you an example. My passion is being a servant leader. My purpose is building better leaders. And to dig deeper, my why is I have seen the true cost of transitional toxic leadership, and I refuse to allow those practices in the military and the civilian workforce to continue. And I will make that change. I'm going to stand and draw a line that you can still be successful without being profit-driven. Be people-driven. Lead people not the metrics of your companies and your organizations. When you can discover your passion and your purpose, it will equal fulfillment. And that is when you will start taking your leadership to the next level. The next way to win at self-leadership is creating accountability systems. Discipline is not possible 100% of the time, and that's part of being accountable. You need to find someone that will hold you to the standard that you want. And in the military, we call that a ranger buddy. It is an accountability partner. Your ranger buddy can be your wife, can be your friend, can be your spouse, can be your husband, can be a mentor. It can even be a system that holds you to a standard and provides support when times get tough. I like to think of a ranger buddy as a tree, someone or something that is so deep-rooted or unaffected by the changing seasons. Trees can be leaned on in tough times, but they also can provide shade when you're tired. But the most important thing about your accountability partner is find what works for you. What works for me will not work for you. You have to spend the time to find what works for you. But be careful when you're selecting your accountability partner. It is important to find people that will push you outside of your comfort zone and are unwilling to hear your excuses. Life will get a vote. Your accountability tree should bend with the wind, but it is ultimately there to ensure you do not give up on yourself. And that is important. You want an accountability tree that pushes you to be better. 
And there are some individuals, even family members, that do not want to see you succeed. And why is that? Because your growth is scary. It forces them to reflect on their life choices. Instead of facing those feelings, they attempt to prevent you from moving forward. Purposeful, accountable leaders keep pushing forward, improving their position with each failure. Those failures are the mortar used for our journey across our leadership bridge. Find the individuals that will pick you up, dust you off, and ask the question, what did you learn? And there's a quote that I created, show me your friends you spend most of the time with, and I will predict your future. It's so true. Your network is your net worth. Your accountability partners should be people that push you to become better every single day. All right, the next way to win at self-leadership is develop your house of leadership. J.R. Flatter, a personal mentor of mine and the founder of Two Roads Leadership, created the concept of a house of leadership. The house of leadership is a metaphorical home that encompasses our leadership philosophies, the traits, the states, the values, the principles that we want to be known for as a leader. A great way to start developing your house of leadership is to start with leaders that you dislike or do not respect. Some of the most powerful lessons that I have elicited from leaders are toxic leaders, poor leaders of what the wrong answer is. My career, I have seen horrible, average, great, and exceptional leaders. And most of the time, they've been great or exceptional, but they're always those toxic leaders. Some of the most impactful lessons were from those toxic leaders that wielded authority as power. Ask yourself this question. Are they a winning team that produces results or are they a losing team with poor morale? And look at what those principles and values those leaders hold and if their organizations are successful. Another thing about your house of leadership is be ready to change it. Remember, leadership is a journey. As we continue on our leadership bridge, it is a season of where we are as a leader. We're continuously to be committed. We're continuing to be coachable. We're continuing to be curious. And we must be growth-oriented, learning every single day. Because the moment that you stop learning, that's the moment that your leadership journey ends. If you'd like a copy of my personal leadership philosophy, All you have to do is go to mcmillionleadershipcoaching.com and subscribe for our newsletter, and then I'll shoot you my personal leadership philosophy to inspire you to build your house of leadership. All right, the next way to win at self-leadership is be selfish. Before you advance to the second phase of leadership, you have to learn to show up for yourself daily. Failing to consistently show up for yourself will result in a leadership burnout. Taking the time daily to center yourself is an investment in both you and your organization and family. Choose to show up for them fully present. I am a full-time Army officer. I run a coaching business, and if I can devote one to three hours a day for self-care, so can you. I don't want to hear any excuses. Learn to balance your work, your family, and most importantly, yourself. You have to be able to fill up your cup and give from a state of abundance. If you're not able to center yourself every day, you're not going to be able to give other people what they truly need. Learn to balance your work, family, and self. 
Another vital lesson before advancing to situational leadership is the power to say no. A meaningful way to enforce this is by creating a do not do list. Look at the events that you do in a day and see if they are serving you. Some events you have to do for your work. Yes, that is granted. But what events do you not need to do that is either causing decision fatigue or not serving you in your current job? I guarantee you there are areas in your life that can be optimized to help prevent burnout. Finally, to consistently show up for yourself, you need to develop sustainable habits that can be repeatable in any situation. For me, I love my morning routine. And my example is I wake up at four every morning. I read 10 pages of a non-fictional book. I take time to journal and I spend time reflecting on the content that I'm producing for my leadership coaching business and the direction that I'm taking my life in. And then I spend two hours a day for physical fitness. I do other routines, but my morning routine allows me to show up for myself and it's sustainable. Find habits that serve you. What works for me doesn't work for you. Take a practice like the Miracle Morning Routine Savers, silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing, and tailor it towards what works best for you. Team, I want to take a quick break from this episode and personally invite you to join our tribe. Are you looking for a community of leaders? If you are a leader at any level, join our Purposeful Accountable Leaders private Facebook or LinkedIn group. We would love to have you in the team. My mission is to create a community that allows leaders to ask questions, celebrate wins, and share lessons learned. All I ask is that you follow the B rule. Be respectful, be humble, be present, and add value to the community. You can find the link in the show notes to either join the Facebook or LinkedIn group or simply just search Purposeful Accountable Leaders. Back to the podcast. The next way that you can win at self-leadership is mastering your time. As you progress on your leadership journey, one common theme remains consistent. Your time will decrease as your responsibilities increase. To effectively manage your time, you need to do three things. The first thing is prioritize your tasks. I like to follow a rule that I call keep it simple, stupid in my life, and that is creating a classification of either rubber or tasker balls. And what I mean by that is rubber balls are taskers that if they're dropped, they'll continue to bounce back and you'll have the opportunity to come back and revisit them. But glass balls are something that have to be done when the suspense is given because there's no other opportunity to do it. But be careful with rubber balls because eventually they will stop bouncing. Once you have developed a way or a system to classify taskers, You need to learn to communicate that with your team and track them. Who owns those tasks? When are they due? How are you holding other people accountable? For me, I've developed uh, throughout my leadership journey from being an executive officer in a striker organization up to being an assistant product manager in PMUAS, a system that I call the Daily Rocks. And if you would like to see my accountability system that I track professionally, 
just send me an email to mcmillionleadershipcoaching.com and I'll send you over my daily rock system. The next way to master your time management is to prevent decision fatigue. The number of decisions that we make in a day reduces the quality of those decisions. Decision fatigue was created by Roy F. Bymoster and explains the mentality and emotional strain resulting from increased decisions that will ultimately impact the leader's ability to make effective decisions. Determine what daily decisions you make and find creative ways to simplify them. A final way to control your time is to plan out your day. A great way to do this is by creating bins. The purpose of planning out your day is not to follow the plan perfectly, but is to help you optimize the time that you spend in those categories. You've probably heard the concept time blocking, and that's literally where you give a task and a purpose to every minute throughout your day. I think of that as kind of falling in decision fatigue because you have transition points throughout your entire day of things that you should be doing. What I like to do is large bins, categories, and I break those categories into four elements. First is coaching, family, army, and then self. Those are the four categories in a day. And to kind of walk you through what my categories look like from four in the morning to seven in the morning is personal time. From 8 to 1700, which is 5 o'clock civilian time, is dedicated for the Army. 1700 to 2000 at night, 8 o'clock, is devoted for my family. And then 8 o'clock at night to 10 o'clock or 2200 is self-time, kind of giving back in terms of coaching. But the most important thing that you can do for mastering your time is to plan out your day. And I've created a 10-year vision for my life. I call it casting a vision. And then created a five-year plan, a one-year plan. And then I break it down to my weekly battle rhythm events. And then that goes all the way down to my daily top three. What are the top three things that I need to do today? But remember, if you can't plan out your day, then someone else will. The next way to win at self-leadership is figuring out the pillars of life. What areas do you find fulfillment in? You have to really sit down and think about what brings you true fulfillment in your life. I'm not talking about passion. It's deeper than that. What pillars of life will you measure your success on? Before leading others, understand the areas most essential to reach a harmonious life. And there's a couple good tools out there. The first one is the founders of ULA, Troy Amdahl and David Braun. They've created a concept called the seven pillars in their framework to help each other reach a balanced life. Those pillars are the seven Fs, faith, family, fitness, finance, friends, field, field being your career, and fun. There's another book that I love. It's called Vivid Vision, and it's a great resource that uses five of those seven pillars from the ULA framework. However, the most critical pillars should not be influenced by others. It should be determined from you. What areas in your life inspire you? For example, the areas in my life are extremely similar to ULA and Vivid Vision, faith, Family, fitness, field, finances, fun, 
But my most important pillar is freedom. Freedom is something that I value. Maybe you have the same areas as me, but what's important is that you discover them on your own. So how can you begin to discover your pillars? Here's the secret. You have to spend time to think. One universal fact about leadership is deep reflection will unlock most of the answers that we seek. We all have answers inside of us, but we need quiet to allow that wisdom to flow. A great way is to hire a coach. And yes, I am a coach, but I also have a coach. Having someone that can help tap into level four listening, transformational listening, and evoking a deep awareness is powerful. Once you determine your pillars, start setting short, mid, and long-term goals around them. I'm going to walk you through casting a vision in a later episode and a blog article to help you develop a framework for this. And there's a quote that I created for this, and I love it. Determine the pillars you want success in and create a plan to gain freedom. You remember, you are the master of your universe yourself. You have to develop a plan of attack. The final way to win at self-leadership is creating discipline. I think it's important to kind of define what discipline is. And I would venture to say that discipline is in my house of leadership, my leadership philosophy, and it's probably in yours too, to some extent. But I define discipline as mental toughness. Purposeful, accountable leaders can push beyond what is comfortable and into their growth zone because of a burning desire to achieve their vision. Discipline is easy to maintain in the short term, but increasingly difficult the longer you go. And here is a great example to kind of help walk through that. What I'd love for you to do is this exercise. Put your hands together like you're naturally praying and just let your hands fall interlocked of where they normally are. Now, move your fingers over one position, either to the left or the right. And I bet you that that feels unnatural. If you consistently committed to overlapping your hands that way, eventually it becomes the new normal. It is on you to remain disciplined, but there are ways to help. Purposeful, accountable leaders establish routines that help keep them on track. When I was in my first rifle company command and I had over 150 soldiers, I had to run a morning meeting at 5.45 a.m. That meant that I had to get up at 4.30 in the morning, be able to serve myself, be mentally and physically switched on, and ensure the organization was operating effectively. I literally had to go unlock the compound for the soldiers. Creating a routine is all about setting the conditions. For example, I would not leave work unless the daily rocks for the next day were ready to go for my morning meeting. Before I went to bed, I ensured my clothes were laid out and I had lunch prepared for the next day. Routines take time and are uncomfortable at first, but it becomes routine once you can tap into discipline. And this is the most important thing to remember about discipline. If you're having a hard time remaining disciplined, that means that your why is not big enough. When your passion or and purpose or your why is so big, it demands a response. All right, team, it's time for our after action review. Let's quickly review the top eight ways that you can win 
at self-leadership. Number one is find your strengths. Number two, discover your passion. Number three, create accountability systems. Number four, develop your house of leadership. Number five, be selfish. Number six, master your time management. Number seven, figure out your pillars in your life. And then finally, number eight, create discipline. My final thoughts on self-leadership. Purposeful, accountable leaders understand they need to show up for themselves. Showing up for yourself is not selfish. Instead, it is the truest form of servant leadership. If you can invest in yourself and recharge your batteries, you will add extreme value to your team, which will multiply throughout the organization. That value will then be compounded as you continue to progress on your leadership journey. Invest in yourself, understand your strengths, determine the leader you choose to become, and begin to inspire other people to take action. Spend some time reflecting on these three questions. How are you developing accountability systems in your life? What do you need to stop doing to optimize your time today? And how are you showing up for others? If you've gotten any value from this episode, do me a favor, leave a comment, leave a review, subscribe, and most importantly, share this podcast with someone who is just starting out on their leadership journey. I'm your host, Josh McMillian, saying every day is a gift. Don't waste yours. I'll see you next time.